everyone. Thank you for joining us. You are now tuned in to Trish Chat, a series that promotes meaningful dialogue around identity, culture, and real-life stories. We are your hosts, Steph and Jess, and everything you'll hear in our episodes are based on personal experiences. Make sure to tune in every Monday to hear our latest episodes. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trish Chat. My name is Steph, and I'm here with Jess. Hey, everyone. What's up? Okay. To this week, we're talking about anxiety. Mm. Tough topic. Tough topic. Something I live with every day. Word. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about anxiety because I know I can't be the only one that suffers from anxiety all the time. Everyone suffers from anxiety. Um, but no one really talks about it. People just sort of say it in passing, like, yeah, I'm a very anxious person. I'm like, but what does that mean? And some people what, what say they're never anxious. Like, they're just not anxious people. Lying. <laughs> um, but yeah, people say it in passing, but I I want to talk more about it. Like, what? How does anxiety manifest itself for people? How are people coping with it? Um, I would love to learn from others in terms of how they manage their anxiety because it's something that... I have experienced as far as I can remember, like since I started high school, probably before. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. Let's do it. Right now. Let's do it. Um, before we start, I'm going to read off a quick definition of um, anxiety from psychiatry.org. Um, anxiety refers to the anticipation of a future concern, period. There you go. That's the definition. <laughs> done easy fantastic um but i want us to talk about like what is anxiety to you in terms of sharing how you define it through the lens of your lived experience and how it's impacted you yeah so the way i would define it is uh anxiety is an intense and like consistent worry mm. um it's my norm <laughs> to be honest with you it's um you know, it's like your 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 heart is racing fast. You're feeling uneasy. Um, you might be sweating. You're just like straight up worrying about whatever it may be, like something yeah. about the future. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go more into like yeah. my anxiety and like what triggers it and stuff. But that would be how I would define it in a couple of words. I like that. What about you? For for me, I would say that um, anxiety is my um, inability to accept lack of control in a situation. Yeah. Period. Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> That's that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what triggers your anxiety? Everything. <laughs> Well, I woke up this morning and it triggered my anxiety. You know, um, I'm sure I'm not a unique case uh, when it comes to anxiety, but um, my anxiety comes, uh, um, it comes from my childhood. Um, mm -hmm. My childhood has caused me to always worry. And I don't mean that in the sense that I had a shitty childhood because yeah. I had a, I had a really great uh, childhood. I had a really great upbringing, yep. um, very strong, independent mother who raised me, um, an awesome family. Um, but, you know, 
I haven't seen my dad since I was 10 years old, since my parents split up. And because of that, you know, I had to grow up very fast. And that meant that I had to be the other parent in the household. And it wasn't that my mother asked me to. Um, I want to make that clear. It was just I stepped up as the other parent. Um, And part of that meant that I had to be exposed to adult things. So um, I knew my mom's financial situation. I knew the conditions we were under. Um, I knew when my mom was sad. Yeah. Um, and because of all those things, like as a kid, you just don't want to see your mom hurt or sad and you want to help. And so, um, I just kind of learned to be worried all the time because I was constantly worried about everything. (laughs) I didn't, I had no control of my life or my future. And like, I was seeing my family, uh, my family dynamic change mm. uh, right in front of me and I literally had no control over it. And so because of that, like, um, I don't know how to function without worrying. And I've just recently realized that and you and I have been talking about how yeah. I constantly worry and that's like my normal. Yep. Um, you find things to worry about. Yeah, and, and that's like... I can be laying on the couch and watching something and, you know, a few minutes in, I'll be like, oh my God, what am I not, like, what am I forgetting? What am I not worrying about? And I just go down a laundry list of shit that I should be doing versus relaxing. Like, I don't even know how to relax. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just now that I'm really uh, forcing myself to relax and not worry. So I try to find different ways to do that. Yeah. Um. So I'm seriously working on that. You know, I really don't want to be this way. And it's, as I get older, I realize that it's not healthy for me to, for me to be anxious all the time. Just like what anxiety does to your body is just, I mean, you hear it all the time. Like stress is the thing that like doctors are always saying is the cause to so many things, right? Like stress is a silent killer and part of anxiety um, equates to stress and Um, yeah, so I, I really, everything really, truly triggers anxiety only because like, because of my upbringing and because I had no control over that, um, I want to control things. I don't ever want to feel like that 10 year old kid anymore. I want to be able to control my future. Um, but as I, (laughs) as I've grown, uh, to learn is that I have control over nothing. We have control over nothing. And I am finally starting to accept that um, versus the way I've been living the past 20 years is that um, I never wanted to feel that way. So I try to control everything. And that meant coming up with plan A, B, C, and D um, and always having that in my back pocket because I never wanted anyone else to make that decision for me. Mm. Um, I think it's very interesting because... You, in a sense, um, you are a young child and you stepped up to help and it was, you didn't deal with the trauma that you had from your dad leaving Mm -hmm. and not having that relationship with him and not understanding why, because as a 10 year old, 
who who understands that? I think even as an adult, it's hard to comprehend that that mm-hmm. abandonment. Um, so it's it's not being able to deal with that because you didn't have the tools to do that as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also like stepping into a role that you didn't know how to do either, and you didn't really have the tools to do because you were a child. Yeah, no, I was learning as a as I <laughs> I was going through that journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want to emphasize that like nobody asked me to step into that, but I I was in survival mode, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I gotta take care of my mom and I gotta take care of my brother. Like that's all I know, and I'm going to figure it out. Um, and, and that came from anxiety. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Which is funny because as much as like anxiety is so bad for me um, from a health perspective and it's something that I don't want, but that has created this personality where I, because I'm type A and I'm very like, you make fun of me for this all the time, but I, I am very detail oriented. Like I will look at something and I will be able to just like pick out every single detail from it and like mm-hmm. have a solid plan. And that honestly helps me out in my career in yeah. what I do. So it, it helps me be uh, a good producer, but, um, it's really annoying for me. Um, yeah. now as an adult, as I, I am aware that this is not something I want to do. So to answer your question, uh, everything triggers me. <laughs> I am constantly anxious. It's my constant state. It's my normal. Um, and it's something that I didn't realize was my normal until just recently. What triggers you? Dang, though? Girl. Um, I'm triggered when I don't have control or clarity in a situation and therefore, um, it's hard for me to really have a grasp on what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I am the type of person that, um, I'm like, we're never going to have full information for the decisions that we make in life. And you know that whatever information I have, I make a decision and I go with it. And that's just my thing in life is like, I'm not going to sit here and waste my time yeah, weighing out options when I can just make a decision. If it's wrong, like it's wrong. And I learned, but when I am in a situation where I I just feel that no matter the outcome, I don't have control. Mm -hmm. My anxiety just goes through the roof. Yeah. And so as much as, as much as like you, we've talked about this where you say, oh, you know, I really admire the fact that you're able to, you know, just make a decision and move forward. There is still a part of me that, feels a sense of control. And that's why I'm able to make a decision because it doesn't matter. So I'm going to put it in a more concrete example. Um, let's say I was buying, um, like my, my wedding dress, Mm -hmm. saw the dress. I was like, great. That's the one I want. I don't need to try on anymore. And everyone was like, no, you should probably try on more (laughs) dresses because this is the first one Mm -hmm. you tried on. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt like, it's okay. Like, if I don't like the dress, I don't like the dress. I can just get a new one. But if today someone was like, here's a house for you to buy, mm-hmm. 
I would have, that would trigger my anxiety because for me, I would start thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm tied to this mortgage. What if at some point I have to blow through all my savings because I lose my job and I, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of this other stuff where it's like, I don't really have control over the next, you know, 30 years of a mortgage. But I have somewhat control of a dress that I buy. If I don't like it, I return it. Yeah. I mean, I think that plays into multiple things, but, um, well, I mean, you just gave two, um, very, like, I guess they're like on opposite ends. Um, but I, I think that the reason why those examples, like why they jump out at me is because with a dress, it's like, okay, mind you, the dress was expensive, but with a house, we're not taught to take risks. Right. Right. And so we don't have a backup plan for that. Mm -hmm. So when, when I talk about like my backup plans for, for my life, I don't have a backup plan if I buy a house and it doesn't work out because I literally don't have the financial means to have a backup fund for another house. Right. Right. And that (laughs) that causes anxiety because there's no control over that versus if you were well off, um, you know, or you had a backup plan where your family may be well off and you can just call on someone and say, Hey, (laughs) that house didn't work out. Can I do that? That, you know, so that it goes into, we don't have the privilege of being able to be risky with those type of things. So anxiety for us runs very heavy because we are working with what we have and we've always been working with what we have. Um, And from my perspective, I've been working off of survival mode. And so for me, it's like I work really, really hard to try to gain as much, um, whether it be money or experience. Yeah. Because I need some control in like my life and for opportunity. And you saying that makes me think about um, our upbringing. So as um, first generation, first gen Mm-hmm. um kids and first first gen like college students you you know i i i grew up with both my parents like um we were not well off um but i also didn't know fully my parents finances so i didn't have some of the worries that that you had mm-hmm. growing up but still i knew that my parents were working really hard i knew that they sacrificed a lot to come to a country where they didn't know the language and work jobs that had nothing to do with what they had studied. Mm-hmm. Um, and so regardless of whether it's it's stated or not, it is always in the back of my mind that every step that I take rests upon the sacrifices that were made. Yeah. And so that causes an extreme amount of anxiety for me because it's like, okay, I got into college. Okay, great. Now I got into college. I got to make this, I got to make this count because Mm -hmm. I have this privilege of being away from home, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, having my own room and just like getting to set the schedule. And my parents right now are working jobs that they don't like to, to support us. And then it's like, okay, now I get this job. I have the privilege of having this job of this job that provides me these benefits. And so every sort of decision that's made is like, okay, I have already made some incremental gains. I have to continue getting those incremental gains. I cannot go back. So you're constantly anxious. Right. 
So even when it's like every time that I've taken a new job, I'm incredibly anxious because I'm like, was this the right decision? Is this going to set me back? Yeah. Because I cannot be set back because it's I'm it. My success is like a lot of sacrifices were made for this. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how I feel. And that is really important to note because for people who grew up um, with immigrant parents who are first gen, who grew up in single family households, single parent households, um, this is a level of anxiety that people carry with them that is really hard to verbalize, but it is something that lives within you every day. And some people look at you and they might be like, wow, that's amazing. Like you grew up in Harlem, like, Parents came to this country, didn't know the language. You went to an Ivy League school. You work at a big tech company. Like, that's amazing. You should be proud of yourself. And it's like, yes. And I'm also really anxious because I need to continue doing more. Yeah. It's like an extra layer. I think we talked about this yeah. in one of our other episodes. But like, there's so many extra layers when, I, when, when it comes to that being first gen. Like, yeah. we talked about like, I am my mom's retirement fund. Mm -hmm. You know, if shit goes fucking sour or downhill for my family, like I am literally the person that needs to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I'm not rich. So I got to make sure I'm hustling and doing, doing Wait, what I can. Not rich? <laughs> no, that's why I married you. Oh, <laughs> I'm I kidding. For you. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I, I think it's just to sum that up. It's like the unknown is what creates the anxiety for me. And also just like, needing to be needing whatever it is to be perfect or near perfect so that there's control in that and the success of it. Yeah. What, um, how does anxiety manifest itself? Like how do you, in your body, how do you know that you have anxiety at a certain moment? Uh, my chest gets really heavy. Um, I get like this tightness on the side of my neck. It's this weird, yeah. like cramping. It's very painful. Um, oh, I have that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like shooting pain. My shoulders tense up and um, I may start sweating. Um, yeah, it's a very obvious uh, feeling for me. Like it just affects my whole body. Like I know, I know when I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. um, so all those things usually happen at once. And that's when I'm either pacing back and forth or just <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> um what about you? I have, um, for anybody who's ever been on one of those rides, um, at an amusement park where you sit and it like, uh, the thing shoots up into the air mm -hmm. and then like drops back down. Yeah. You've never done that. That feeling that you're, <laughs> yes, I have that feeling. I don't like roller coasters yeah. or rides because I don't, I don't, I don't want to pay for anxiety. I already have that for free. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I have been on, on those rides. So the feeling that you feel in your heart when, when that ride shoots up and down, that's the feeling that I get. It's kind of like you're like, you're falling, like you're, you can't catch your breath. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I feel. And then I just get really, really, um, mentally foggy. Like I can't, like, I can't process. I feel really overwhelmed. I feel like if my brain were a jar, like the jar's full mm -hmm. and I can't fit not even one more little jelly bean because it's, it's just too much. Yeah. And 
I know that I've had anxiety for a particular moment because then I feel like hungover from the anxiety. I feel tired. Yeah. I feel exhausted. And I could have done nothing physical physical that day. But I if I had anxiety, I feel exhausted. And I have random aches and pains in my body all the time. And I am convinced that it is from anxiety. So I have that pain in the neck um, that you talked about. I have that all the time. I have like random pains in my back and my joints and my hands and my butt everywhere. I have it everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I know that, that that a part of it is from stress, but I also know that a, a part of it is from anxiety because even though... Um, because I've lived with anxiety for so long, um, there are levels of it and there is, there is a really heavy anxiety where I feel everything that I just said. And then there is the everyday anxiety that I live with that I can temper. Um, that's still not good for me, but I, I just learned how to manage it. And that gets so suppressed in there. And people say that a small amount of anxiety um, is good. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I just have an overabundance of it. Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, after the, those initial feelings, like, I'll be honest, sometimes they manifest into panic attacks. I've had maybe two, I mm -hmm. think, in my life and um, maybe one. Cause it was, uh, you witnessed it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a very intense, uh, overwhelming feeling. I had no idea what was happening. I was freaking out. Um, and I remember like my hands started getting tingly, yeah. uh, my feet, like I, they started going numb and I started freaking out to you and I'm like, what is happening? And I just started like bawling and you're like, calm down breathe like you're having a panic attack i know what this is sit down i've had so many <laughs> you know and like you knew exactly what to do to calm me down i'm so grateful that like i was there like you were there to witness it to help me through that because i was freaking out i mean it's hard when you feel, so for me when i have a panic attack my face starts to go numb mm -hmm. and i feel like i can't breathe and so that's really difficult because if you can't breathe you feel like you're gonna die but in mm -hmm. reality you're you're in control. It's like that video of that um, of that little kid that's like sitting in the water and they're like crying because they're drowning. And then someone's like stand up and they stand up and they're fine. Mm -hmm. That's sort of the, the panic attack is you feel like you can't breathe. You feel like your face is going to you feel all these things. Yeah. Um, but it's because your brain is tricking you into feeling like it, you're in fight or flight um, mode. And if you can ground yourself and just understand that you can touch the ground, you can look at things, you can smell something, you you can remind yourself that you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like super scary. Um, and I like to talk about that because I know that, you know, there might be people out there that don't want to talk about it because they might be embarrassed by it or they don't know if it's normal. Um, so I just wanted to throw out there, like I have had panic attacks. They're scary. Um, totally normal. Um, it just means that you're very anxious um, and you're, worrying yourself to a point of having a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've probably made people anxious talking about our anxiety. Um, so I want to talk through what are ways that you 
manage your anxiety. Yeah. Um, so, so ever since I've become more aware of, you know, me being anxious all the time and that being my norm, uh, I've gotten really curious, um, in ways to just one, just be present in my life. Um, I think a lot of the anxiety that a lot of my anxiety is caused by worrying about the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and making decisions that are going to affect my future or just making decisions in general. I'm constantly afraid to make decisions because I'm scared to make the wrong decisions. But what I've learned to uh, believe in and now accept is like, I don't think they're right and wrong decisions. I think there are um, decisions and then lessons. Mm -hmm. And I believe if you believe in a higher being uh, you believe in the universe, um, you know, um, having a path for you. If you believe in any, any higher being, um, then you should believe that life is going to turn out the way it needs to turn out. Yep. And so life is going to present you with many decisions and you're going to make the best decision you can with the information you have. Um, and you just have to let it go. And for me, that's been, that had been something really hard for me to like, um, accept because like I said, in my childhood, like every decision to me, like it, it was, it mattered, yeah. um, when you're in survival mode, it really did matter. Uh, everything from like, where were we going to get money for X, Y, and Z, or who was going to pick up my brother or, um, you know, who, how was I going to figure out how to pay for college and like all these type of things, um, that were big things and I had to worry about it. But now that like I've grown older and uh, I've been through what I've been through, I've just learned that like worrying about right and quote unquote wrong decisions is way more of a hassle than just doing your best and understanding that like, I do believe there um, that the universe um, makes your, uh, your path already. And so mm-hmm. whether you make decision A or decision B, like it is what it is. That's, that's what was supposed to happen. And if, yeah. if this is, if you went with B um, and it didn't turn out how you wanted to, then it's a lesson. Yeah. And you're going to keep making that same decision until you learn that lesson yep. and then you'll move on to the next one. And that's just what life is. So I think that, um, learning that has been huge for me. And so, uh, some of the other things for me, it's just been like focusing on, um, if I'm, if I'm anxious about something, um, I really focus on like my breathing. So like you said, just like, I tell myself it's 2019. I'm an adult. I'm not 10 years old anymore. I'm okay. I'm okay. Like I literally have to tell myself that because Sometimes I think I, I still think I'm 10 years old and I don't have control. Um, Is that inner child? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I talk myself through it. Like if I'm freaking out, like I will, I will literally look in the mirror and be like, you're okay. Everything's okay. Um, some of the other things I do is like working out has really helped me. So, um, as many people know, I'm training for the marathon. And so I run a lot and I work out a lot. And so, um, 
I really, really try to be present when I'm working out, um, specifically running, because running can be pretty daunting, especially now that I'm um, up in mileage. Um, so I really try to be present there and focus on my breathing, focus on like scenery and just like not worrying about things because I'm constantly worried. So yeah. let me take the next hour, hour and a half to just be. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been super helpful. Um talking things through with like loved ones out. Uh, there are many times where I'm like worried about something or I'm stressing and I just I kind of need to talk it out with people and I'll throw it out there to, to, to like my close friends or, you know, my family and be like, what do you think about this? Like, I'm worried about this and I want to know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a couple months ago, I was like talking with friends about like, do you believe everything happens for a reason? Because I was questioning that. Yeah. Um, and I had really good conversations with people around that. And it was super helpful. Everyone had a different perspective, but it was a dialogue. And like at the end of it, like it created uh, a space for me to really think about that. And so I was present with that. Um, and then lastly, like I've been really into like talk therapy. It's been super helpful to, um, I'm, I have a great therapist, you know, we talk through everything and she's really real with me. Um, she validates my feelings and like, it's a safe space. So I can go in there with all my anxious feelings and, and really get it out there and, and get creative ways and like how to stay present and also, um, know when it's, when I'm really just like overworking my body Mm -hmm. and on the anxiety and versus like, I have more control than I think when it comes to the anxiety, like you can let it go, Yeah. but you also have to be very aware, um, and be doing the work in order to do that is, um, I know that even two years ago, it would have been much harder for me to like, let certain things go. And even now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that the listeners know I, I do not have it figured out. I literally struggle with this every single day. I'm anxious all the time. But I have more wins than I did before. And that's really, really. That's progress. Yeah, it's so much progress. So I'm I'm really proud of myself. Um, and I encourage um, everyone to really think about that just because anxiety is just, it's no bueno. It's not good. So that's, yeah. those are the ways that I've kind of learned to manage uh, my anxiety. Do you, do you relate to any of those or do you have any others to add? So I have, um, I can relate to some of the ones that you said, but I also have a few that I want to add. Um, the first is accountability. Um, as somebody who, uh, again, has dealt with anxiety for a very long time, I noticed that my anxiety impacted the way that I treated myself and that I treated other people um, and that I would react to things in ways that I wasn't necessarily proud of. And so accountability is a tool that I use um, to cope with anxiety. And by accountability, I mean, when I am in a moment and I'm feeling anxious, I'm worried about the future. I'm concerned about um, not knowing how something's going to turn out. I'm worrying about something going the wrong way. I ask myself, what is this anxiety doing for me right now? Is it going to help the outcome of this situation or of this decision? And all of the times it's like, no, it's not helping me. So what it, what is something that I can do that is going to help me? And, and so I, I like to redirect that energy that I'm using. Um, but I'm, I also ask myself, what, this 
this bandwidth that I'm giving to anxiety, what am I neglecting to, what am I taking space away from to give space to anxiety? And so that helps me to think about this logically and approach it in a way that helps me to kind of break it down and calm down um, and not work myself up. So that's one. Um, two is I um, like to do things that involve a little bit of creativity to help me kind of be more in the moment. So I have a coloring book and I have crayons and and um, colored pencils and I will color in my, I, I have a kid's coloring book and I will color in the coloring book and it helps me to stay grounded and focus on like what colors I want to match together and what sort of page I want to use in the coloring book that helps me to focus on that and redirect my energy um, to that. And then I would say the other, the last piece, um, in addition to everything that you were saying is I am working on self-compassion and empathy as part of my shame resilience. Thank you, Brene. Um, and I've come to realize that I make my anxiety worse because I tell myself that it is irrational for me to feel anxiety and that I'm the only one that's feeling that, that it's, it's, it's out of this world for me to feel anxious about a one specific thing um, at any given moment. And I think that that makes it worse because then you add a, a level of like guilt or shame um, on top of the anxiety that you feel and it, and it makes it worse. And so by practicing some self-compassion and saying and telling myself, no, I should not, I should not be devoting this energy to anxiety. What else can I devote that energy to? But also saying, but it's okay for me to feel this anxiety right now because of X, Y, and Z. However, I'm going to choose to redirect my energy to something else. It helps me to normalize that for myself and not, um, and in a way sort of like connect to the world in general of like, it's okay for me to feel anxiety in this situation versus isolating myself in feeling like I should not be feeling anxious about this. Like I'm, I'm ridiculous for feeling anxious about this. So those are my couple of points, um, that I would recommend from what I've tried. And like Jess said, I'm not perfect. I still have moments where, um, I just like burst at the seams, um, with anxiety. I, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you remember Jess, but we went into a plant store and there were so many people in the plant store. And I just wanted to like ask questions about the plants and you gave me a nudge and you were like, just go ask them about the the plants. But like the people who worked there were kind of in a frenzy because they were, um, there were so many people. And so I started getting anxious. I was like, there's so many people. I just want to plant. Like, I don't know if I'm going to pick the right plant. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being rushed. And I just got super anxious and I just had a meltdown because I was like, I can't, I can't, this is buying a plant. This shouldn't be that hard. And I just like walked out of there. Um, so I'm not perfect. Um, I, I definitely could have approached that situation better, but at the same time, you live and you learn. Yeah, I think you also forgot to mention one that I think this has been super helpful for me. Um, you mentioned that whenever, you know, you get anxious at work, um, not necessarily about work, but just anxious in general, you 
uh, open up a draft email and oh, you yeah. start draw. And I think that one's super good. So you should mention that one. Yeah. So I have a draft email that I've I've had um, going for two three years now. It's the longest email ever. Um, so I have a draft of an email. Um, it's open. I um, date it. And when I get really anxious um, while I'm at work, I don't have my journal that I keep at home with me. Um, and I don't want necessarily people to see my thoughts, but sometimes I I just get this overwhelming uh, feeling of anxiety and I can just open that draft. I can type whatever I need to type out for a couple of minutes and then I move on with my day because it, it, it kind of helps me to visualize that I took the thoughts and the worries that are in my brain and I move them to that draft and I'm, I'm putting it there for later. Um, so that's been super helpful for me because it gives me that outlet where I'm just like, okay, this is where I'm going to go at work for that, you know, for that, 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 that anxious feeling that I have at the moment. Yeah. And I've kind of taken that tactic as well. And it's been super helpful for me. Uh, I too have, well, I, I don't have one running list. I just have a bunch of drafts. But oh, you have a bunch of drafts? Yeah. I, I don't re reread them. I just, to your point, when you were telling me about it, it's like, I just need to put that energy somewhere yeah. and then leave it alone. You're parking the energy. Yeah. So that's what I do. I'll take like 10 minutes and I'll just like go in. <laughs> it's like 100 freaking words. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then yeah. I walk away from it. Um, You just reminded me of a couple of other things that I... um will do at work if I get really anxious um, or in situations where I'm not at home and I don't have like the comfort of, of like my normal um, tools. It's um, one is uh, tactical breathing or box breathing. So if you're not familiar with it, um, I suggest that you look it up. It's um, it's something that you can do in front of other people because they won't notice, but it's just a way of slowing down your breath so that you can slow your mind and your and your body down and, and help with that um, anxious feeling. Um, other things are just more sensory type of um, mechanism. So if you're at work and you're feeling anxious, maybe um, if you can, if you if you have this option, um, get up and, and make yourself a cup of tea and maybe put your, your hands around the cup and feel the warmth of the tea and just like close your eyes and take a couple of sips and, and just really focus on those sips on um sometimes I like to imagine that I am like you know how people who um what are they called sommeliers that they you know they 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 sip on the wine and they're like I feel notes of a uh, of oak and wood mm -hmm. and whatever I think about that with like tea or coffee where I'm like mm, I say I, I I sense a note of like citrus in this but I say that to myself mm -hmm. um just so that I can really focus on like what am I drinking right now? What am I sipping on? What does it taste? What am I noticing? What are the flavors? And it helps to just put you in one moment where you're just like, it's just me and this cup of coffee or this cup of tea or this cup of hot water with them, whatever it is that you need or, or an iced tea, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you need, but just something sensory where you can feel it, you can taste it, you can um, smell it, you can see it, et cetera. Yeah. What also helps is um, listening to Trish chat. That always calms me down. Uh -huh. <laughs> throw on that podcast that here is really good. Mm -hmm. But no, in all seriousness, um, I do also listen to podcasts. The one specific one that really like, I don't know, it just, for some reason, it calms me down. The adult chair, they host on there. I don't know. It's just like her voice is so soothing. Yeah. And like the way she talks about things, I'm just like, I literally could be at work like jamming on like emails, documents or whatever. And I just have it in the background. Yeah. 
and it's really it really has been helping me out but um trish chat is also a good one yeah i heard that the the two hosts are awesome yeah so maybe check that one out trish trish chat on instagram <laughs> yeah um, subscribe <laughs> follow yeah um cool well i hope that this episode was helpful um for for everyone listening Anxiety is just one of those things that I think we take as a given and we don't really talk about. And I think it's important to at least listen to two people share their experiences in terms of the fact that we both um, are coping with anxiety, are the ways in which we manage our anxiety in our everyday. And um, hoping that if 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 you've had feelings that are similar, um, that you know, maybe you're building some awareness in terms of um, those feelings that you're experiencing and, and maybe that that could be tied to um, anxiety. It's something that you might want to ask a health professional about. Um, I can't make that, we can't make that diagnosis, but mm -hmm. um, it's something that if you've had feelings like that before, where you're like, I feel tightness in my chest and um, I feel I'm like my heart is racing at times. I wonder if it's anxiety. At the very least, you know, it's something that you're getting curious about. Um, and that the the tips that we provided help you in terms of managing um, that anxiety. So it isn't something that um, necessarily takes over uh, your days um, or your your headspace. Yeah, agreed. Everything you just said. Oh yeah. Thank you all for listening. Till next time. Bye. Peace.